Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. If you grew up in a haunted house, would you think it's possible that something from your childhood home was still somehow with you? What if you continued to encounter something unexplainable at night on a regular basis, years and years later? Could it be the strange playmates you had from your childhood? just wanting to hang out? Or could it be something a bit more sinister? Today on Homespun Haynes, we talk to Sean, who's had a series of strange events plague him since childhood. We'll let you decide if they're all random coincidences, or if they're all somehow related Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homespun Haints. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling me today. Well, the good news is this is a show where we talk to other people, so it doesn't really matter how we're feeling. Thank God. As long as we get scared. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling today is going to be an extremely scary show. Yes, today on the show, we have Sean Nigro. I am very excited to talk to him. He is the co-host of the Writer's Block podcast, and we had his other co-host on the show back at the beginning of season one, season two, sorry, need more coffee, (laughs) season two, Clarence Carter came on and talked to us about Hellhounds. Mm -hmm. And so Sean is now joining us, and I actually went on their show recently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun. Yes, the way their show is set up is the two co-hosts and the guest each get five random words. We use like a random word generator app. And then... Oh, okay. That wasn't clear from the the intro because I thought you'd pick the words before you made the story up. No, it was completely (sighs) random. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know who has what words. And then you just tell a story and it's completely improvised. You just pass the buck back and forth. It's kind of like a like verbal oral. Did you ever play that game Exquisite Corpse? I think you've played it with me. You, we did it drawing. Yes. Um, where you like drew a yes, section of mm-hmm. the page and the next person only saw the bottom part. I still have it. I still have the drawing you did. You did an amazing set of breasts <laughs> on this creature. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so 
Yeah, so this was so much fun. They usually have the guest start the story and then just pass it on to the next person and everybody adds to the story and it gets more elaborate and more bizarre as you go. And then when the story ends, we all try to guess each other's words. So the idea is that you like you have to insert or you try to insert the words into the story somehow. But in so, a sneaky way, so nobody in else a can sneaky guess. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, every episode they do is like this. And they have some really fun guests. They had some killer carny episodes recently. <laughs> and they also have some that are actually a lot of them aren't spooky. They've done some neat detective ones. It's really a lot of fun. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, Sean and Clarence, their their podcast is not a paranormal podcast. Mm-mm. It's, it's just a, a storytelling podcast. And so how yeah, fun improv that, storytelling. How fun that our two podcasts intersect in this bizarre way that was kind of unintentional. Right. And they it's both true. had ghost stories for us. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And we're we're both gonna have stories for them in the future. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely subscribe to uh the writer's block podcast. <laughs> Speaking of paranormal experiences, yes. Oh, I yeah. understand that uh something happened in your home pretty recently, Diana. It it did. You know how I'm always talking about how I'm coming up from the basement of my house. And I feel like something's chasing me and grabbing me from behind when I'm coming up the stairs from the basement. No, you haven't talked about that at all, Diana. Oh, well, there was this one time and several other times where (laughs) you all know my basement ghost. (laughs) If you're new to the podcast, Diana has a basement ghost. (laughs) Yes, it's it's a basement ghost. I have elicited a one knock for no in one conversation we've had. Right, when you asked uh, her to leave. mm -hmm, And a psychic has identified her as a a matronly type female ghost and also stated that it was bizarre that she lived in the basement because most ghosts apparently don't go down to the basement because they don't want to think about being buried. But this ghost is definitely in the basement. I lived in this basement for about a year when my room was being painted and remodeled when I was a young teen. I had to live down there with the ghost and the crickets. And the spiders. It's creepy. <laughs> it was very creepy. So yeah, oh. uh, I, I I didn't mind it at the time. It was fine. You're this goth teenager. You're like ah, spiders, ghosts. <laughs> eh, spiders and ghosts. Yeah, teenagers don't care. I've got a, a blog article I'm going to put on our blog to explain it away, but okay, yes. <laughs> that should come yeah, out uh, at the same time as the first H Files episode. Which, if you don't know what the H Files are, the H Files just launched last week on September first. And oh, uh, oh, okay. Well, then it's already out. Yes, but <laughs> oh, that's okay. The future. <laughs> oh, the future. What time is we it? Pre-record I don't know. things. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's 2021. Everybody, <gasps> we're all living what? on Mars because the <laughs> Earth has self-imploded. <laughs> oh dear. So I want to bring on my guest and corroborator, Amber. Amber. <laughs> Amber. Bueller. Hello. Hi, Amber. Thanks for coming on our show again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, anytime I, love I have a creepy experience, I know exactly who to tell now. I understand that you can now corroborate what Diana's been experiencing for years. Yeah. So last night I had to go put something away in the freezer downstairs. So I go down there and I turn around to come back and I had this fleeting thought of, I wonder what the ghost is up to. And then I was like, no, we we shouldn't be thinking about that while we're down here. 
So I turn and start heading up the stairs and, and like I start getting this, just that creepy, like something's watching me feeling. And I've got this personal theory with ghosts or entities, you know, whatever, that the more thought and emotion you put into their existence the more real and the more power they have. So you're not alone in that theory. Yeah. It might be, you know, watching too many Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but, uh, (laughs) you know, either way, I think there's, there's probably some merit to that. So I started feeling that very low key feeling of dread, I suppose. And so I was like, Oh, nope, we're shutting that down. So I started creating white noise in my brain, you know, just kind of thinking in my brain, just do 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 you know, just <laughs> anything to stop that thought. So I'm, I'm like, okay, just start going up the stairs again. And I get about two thirds of the way up and all of a sudden it was like, nope, I have to get out of here right now and rushed the last little third of the way up the stairs and into the kitchen, which... If anybody knows me, they they know I I don't rush for anything. So (laughs) the fact that that feeling was like strong enough that it made me forget about my aching hip and my ankles that don't work very well. And sure, I'm going to go ahead and run up those last four or five steps. (laughs) Interesting. And that was was really weird. (laughs) You felt her... Yeah. Uh, was this was this right around the the little secret passage? Yes. Yes, that would be uh-huh. right right in that little area. The sensation started at at the bottom of the stairs while I was still in the basement, but then there just came a point where it was just like, nope, I there's no denying this anymore. There definitely feels like there's something following me up the stairs right now and and that it's not very happy, I guess. <laughs> Or, I don't know, I think she may be lonely. You know, that's like, no, come back. That could be. That could be. (laughs) I miss when you used to live down here. (laughs) Amber, welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Now I just need to come over there before you sell the house. (laughs) Hey, when you come over, we'll make a date and open the the weird crawl space pass through door. (laughs) Oh, wait, you haven't ever opened it? We haven't ever opened it. (laughs) Wait, what? It could be full of bones. We have no idea. Seriously. Okay, so this is the space (laughs) where you always encounter the the feeling of dread, like something's Mm -hmm. grabbing you. And mm-hmm. trying to keep you, and it's right by this strange crawl space, which you refer to as a secret passage, and you've never looked inside? Well, it is a secret passage, not a crawl space, because I don't think a human could crawl through it. It's more like for... Not like a human you- with their flesh still on us. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. It's more like if you wanted to like throw your laundry into the basement, but you were too lazy to go downstairs, you'd just pop it through this little hole. But you'd never done that. Because it's been boarded up since I've been born, since before I was born. Does your mom know what's in there? Probably. Have you ever asked her? No. <laughs> well, I think I actually, I think I did ask her. She was like, nothing. <laughs> so, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I double dog dare you. <laughs> I thought you were going to come visit. We'll do it when you come down. Yeah, but there's a, there's a pandemic going on, so I don't know well, when I can right get there. Now. Yeah, but yeah. you may have the house sold before. 
I got to tell you, there was this one house that we were looking at. I don't know if I mentioned this or not. This is this beautiful house. We loved it when we were searching for houses. We actually put an offer in on this house, which is stupid. That just shows you how like desperate we were for a house. We went up to the attic and there was like this weird little door in the attic on the side. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's in there. And I opened it and it was just like an attic, right? Like insulation, all that. Except there was also this like super creepy doll with a clown's face. Like, like just old, covered in cobwebs. That was the only thing there. Like nothing in the attic, like no storage or anything. Like in the main part of the attic, nothing else in that little, it was just, it was almost like, like a totem or something. I was like, who would put, I was like, ah! So this house wasn't staged with stuff in it. It was empty. Well, no, no, that was staged. It was, it was staged. beautiful. It was beautiful. This no, I'm just saying part of the staging, ha- though. No, like how weird. <laughs> Why would you have that there? So, it was so weird. It wasn't even like like oh, a kid like got up there and lost their doll. It was like no kid in their right mind would have this as a doll. It was. <laughs> oh, I was like, well, we'll we'll just ha- if we end up getting this house, we're just gonna hire someone to come and sage it. I guess. <laughs> So you, you put in the offer on the house, and you, your offer was contingent upon removal of the clown doll, and then you got the call. They declined your offer. The clown doll stays. Take it or leave it. <laughs> no, they turned. They we we did, we weren't able to negotiate. No, but the the house I bought, I did. It was contingent on them removing the pet cemetery in the backyard. Before, oh right, that's house. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> George is weird, man. <laughs> How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th, 2023, we will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open the sealed passageway slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge and we want you to be there with us virtually of course this may be dangerous we don't have liability insurance oh my but what will we find is this passageway a sealed tomb a hideaway for treasure a portal into another dimension maybe it's aliens even we won't know until september 24th and you can be there to discover the secrets with us Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's Diana's basement. (laughs) Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement. But anyway, whole long and short of that is you should look in the crawlspace. There may be a creepy doll 
There may be bones. I'll film it. It's waiting for you. It's it waited almost for 40 years. so at least i have somebody to corroborate my crazy stories yeah yeah (laughs) well amber thank you so much for sharing yeah of course your scary experiences shall we bring on our other guest yes let's talk to sean today on the show we have sean nigro hello Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. (laughs) We've talked about before on this show, he is the co-host of the Writer's Block podcast, and we've had his co-host on this show. You may remember Clarence from episode 23. Oh my God, those were hellhounds. And I actually had the pleasure of appearing on the Writer's Block podcast recently on an episode entitled Hellbound. Yeah. For some reason, I had Hellbus in my head, but I know it was... No, that was a working title for sure. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler alert, there's a bus in it. But definitely be (laughs) sure you go check that out. Sean, it is awesome to have you on the show. We've we've talked back and forth for months now, and we're finally getting you on here. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I am glad to be here. So Sean, I know that in addition to the Writer's Block podcast, you also have several other projects going on. You have Eight Sparks Media, yep. and you also have a book that you just published. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about Eight Sparks Media? Yeah, it, it is basically a collective, and Clarence is the other half of that. The center of it is storytelling, and I have a hard time focusing on one medium for too long. So that's kind of where this all came together. And it allows us to kind of put our ideas into one think tank and then bring all our projects together under that one name. So we do the podcast. I actually have another podcast called Eight Spark Stories, which is like Black Mirror style, dark sci-fi. That hasn't been released off of Facebook yet. It's exclusive to Facebook. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. Will it be? Yes, I'm working out how to do that. I kind of want to release like an entire season, like Netflix style. Oh. And then start working on season two. And that is narrated. Nice. So yeah, there's the books. Clarence obviously does his books. And we're both submitting short stories to anthologies. And I also do music. But I haven't figured out quite how to incorporate that because I'm a rapper. And it's kind of just something I've always done. And video games. We have video games now as well, mm-hmm. based on the podcast stories. So, yeah, almost too much. But. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Becky, do you think you'll ever uh, want to have a video game based on our podcast? <laughs> Only if somebody else does it. Right. <laughs> I could try. Hey. It would be like an 8-bit retro style game. That's where I'm at right now. Oh, <laughs> as long I'm as all there's over a lot that. of screaming and laughing, it'll be perfectly <laughs> apropos. <laughs> That sounds great. Yes. We would be so grateful and honored if you even did anything even slightly like that. So cool. This is going to be fun. All right. This is a, this is a thing be, now for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, it's being recorded, so it has to happen now. It's out there. <laughs> I want to make sure that people know they can find all of that at 8sparksmedia.com. And that's the number eight. Yep. Sparks Media. It's supposed to be an infinity symbol. So it's like the infinite spark, infinite uh, ideas coming mm-hmm. together. Got it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And then tell us about your book. Yes. Koala Celebrates Songkran is the book that I just came out with. And it's the first in a series of books about different parts of Thai culture. 
because I I went to Thailand in 2014, I believe, and I went there for Songkran, which is what this first book is about. I was in Thailand for like three days just to experience Songkran and visit a girl that I was dating who's from there and lived there. So she showed me around and I was so overwhelmed because the flight was like 13 hours and I was there yeah. for such a short period of time. I had a blast, but I was just overwhelmed. The koala is basically me, experiencing Thai culture through the eyes of an outsider, essentially. That's why people always ask me, why why the heck a koala? You know there's no koalas in Thailand, but yes, I do know that. I am aware of that. It's all told through the eyes of a koala. So it's very heavily inspired by books like Corduroy and Curious George. And the whole idea is that there's this animal that obviously isn't native to Thailand, who is adopted, who lives at a hotel with his best friend, Nan. Her father owns the hotel. And every day he goes out and he explores Thailand with her and he experiences something different. And he's got all different animal friends. He's got a grumpy catfish that lives in the, the fountain in the lobby of the hotel. And so <laughs> nice. he, he comes across him and he always says something grumpy. That's going to be the plan for every book. <laughs> nice. Well, I can't wait to get my copy of it. You were doing yeah. so much stuff. It's yeah, I'm, really I'm kind of, I've been trying, Clarence and I have been really trying to take advantage of the downtime that has been inevitable with this mm -hmm. pandemic. And I think that we're doing a pretty good job with that. I'd say, yes. Well, everybody out there, be sure you check out 8sparksmedia.com. Go look for that book on Amazon, Koala <laughs> Celebrate Songkran. And also check out the Writer's Block podcast. And we'll include links for all of that in our show notes. And on top of everything else you're doing, I understand that you visited a haunted hotel. Yes. It was the Mount Washington Hotel, and I think the official name is Omni Washington Resort. My mother and my stepfather and my sister, who was like just learning to walk at the time, rented out a room. I think they've been there multiple times, and they've had their own experiences aside from this. They invited me up. It was during the weekend. So I took my car, which is a 96 Ford Pro Purple at the time, which I no longer own, but someone else still does own it. And it's still somehow running. Don't ask me how. <laughs> we had a joke about it, that it was haunted because we had an issue getting the title for the car because the previous owner actually died. They slipped on the ice in the winter and like passed out and it snowed on top of them. So there was a, an ongoing joke about the car being haunted, and that was just an interesting detail. But it's irrelevant to the hotel. So anyway, I went to the hotel, and of course, the minute I got there, my mom started talking about how it was haunted. She likes to psych me up about this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, mom. I don't think she had experienced anything at that point either, yet. So their room was two rooms and there was like a hallway in between and they mm -hmm. had their own bedroom on one side with the crib for my sister. And then I had my own bed on the other side, which of course creeped me out even more because I was further apart. Like there are doors in between us. And when nighttime came, I went to bed trying not to think about the things that my mom was saying about the hotel. And I know now what some of the backstory is and I'll get into that afterwards. I went to bed and the walls were very thin. I could hear people walking around in the hallway. And I just kind of tried to fall asleep listening to that. One of the footsteps, it sounded like there was a kid running out in the hallway. 
And I, I was just trying to like, in my mind, imagine where they were in the hallway. And it sounded like they were further up in the hallway and then they would run back and then it would speed up again. And so I listened to that. And then all of a sudden the footsteps started coming. The noise of the footsteps got louder and it started getting closer to me. And then it sped up and it stopped right outside the wall where my bed was in the hallway. And at that very moment, there was a, a breath of hot air on my face. <laughs> and a, like someone, something breathed on my face and I, I froze for a minute and then I jumped out of the bed and I ran to the other room and they, of course they had their door locked and I pounded on it. And I don't even know how late it was, but they finally let me in and I ended up sleeping on the floor next to my sister's crib because I was too scared to go back into the room. Of course you did. That's a logical reaction. (laughs) So yes, I was breathed on by, I'm kind of a, a cynic when it comes to this paranormal stuff. One of the things that someone brought up when I tried to tell this story to other friends is, uh, well, you know, maybe it was a heater or something kicking on and, and going on your face, but there was no heater in that part of the bedroom. And to clarify this, I asked my stepfather and my mom, do you guys remember like what the heating situation was like in the hotel? I could have, I didn't mention it, but I could have sworn it was a radiator. My stepfather said it was a radiator and it was nowhere near the bed. So there was nothing there to like breathe anything on my face except for whatever the heck did. (laughs) Okay. So what time of year was this? This was, uh, I think it was like late fall. Okay. So so. it was chilly or -hmm. getting chillier. So I don't think we we mentioned, but you're in Portland, Maine, correct? Yes, but the hotel is in New Hampshire. So I had to drive for, I think, like an hour and a half to get there. Okay. And it's, it's really cool. It's like in front of a mountain. And it has a very Stephen Kingish feel, the shining. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I arrived. And I think there's even like a presidential suite. And uh, you mentioned the children's footsteps. That's all I could think because it it, it sounded like it was running, like in the mm-hmm. way you know hyperactive children will run through a hallway. I've been through many motels and hotels where kids are obnoxious mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got to do something with them. But this was late at um, night. <laughs> Children shouldn't be running through the hallways late at night. That's odd in itself. Okay, so so it was late fall, so there probably was a heater going, but it was a radiator. And anybody who's ever had a radiator knows that they do not puff out any kind of air, just kind of ambient heat, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. if the landlord <laughs> hasn't turned it off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bad memories. <laughs> And so you have no idea what time of night this happened at. Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together? Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby Normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards. Ooh, check out that head. 
character image. Instead of going, <laughs> my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that too. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here, so we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. <gasps> it's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! I mean, it was late. It wasn't like 3 a.m. or anything like that. <laughs> it must have been like 11, 11.30 because okay. we didn't go to bed right away. I had just gotten there that night. So you mentioned that there was some history to the hotel that could explain yeah, what happened? I I looked it up before I came on the show. So the hotel was built in 1900 or started being built and then was finished in 1902. And the guy who owned it died at one point, I don't know if he died in the hotel. His wife remarried, but the story goes that room 314 is haunted because I think that was her room. People talk about lights going on and off and the room gets cold. But throughout the whole hotel, people talk about seeing this lady and weird things going on with lights and stuff like that. And my mother actually just told me so I was trying to pick her brain. And she actually told me a bunch of other scary stories about other houses we lived in. I was like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> but uh, she said that another time that they went, it was just her and my sister. And my stepfather was somewhere else in the hotel. And the lights went off and on, you know, were flickering. And she said it got really cold all of a sudden. So sort of corroborated the other stories. Yes. And this actually shocked me too. I was like, I asked her what room we stayed in. She said it wasn't 314, but we were on the same floor and we were a couple rooms down from that room. So maybe that's where the footsteps were running from. Yeah. Right. Well, if the hotel has a reputation for being haunted and they advertise that, then I can imagine 314 probably gets booked months and months in advance. I know that it's haunted. It's on haunted hotel lists. And I think it's like one of the most haunted places in New Hampshire. But it's really hard to do a quick search on it, at least. And that was all I found on some obscure page about any of the stuff. So it seems like I don't know if the hotel is trying to play down the haunting stuff. Hmm. Interesting. I guess it's hard to tell whether that's going to increase or decrease business. Yeah. I know there's the presidential suite. So I think they're trying to be like fancy and old school but not haunted <laughs> i did see they comment that hotel commented on somebody's review of the hotel about uh weird experiences they had in room 314 because they had heard that that room was haunted and they said well okay whatever <laughs> let's test out this theory anyway and things were moved around, lights flickered off and on, things got cold, stuff like that. And so they, they posted that. And then the hotel responded. Basically, they said, we can neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting wow. stance. So, it, it, so both you and your mom had experiences at the same place, just yes. at different times. 
So when when you ran into their room in the middle of the night, did you did you say, oh, something breathed in my face after I heard footsteps or what would you explain? So my heart was racing so fast. That's like one of two or three times that I've been so scared in my life that I was the adrenaline had kicked in and I couldn't really form sentences. I was just like, I, I'm not going back in there. I can't do this. I'm just going to sleep here on the floor. I think I took like a blanket that wasn't even my size. It was all they had because I didn't even want to go back in for a blanket. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just slept uncomfortably on the floor. I didn't stay another night. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned that this is actually not the only scary experience you've had. Yes. So when I was five, we lived in a house here in Portland. And to this day, it's like one of, I think, the biggest house that I've lived in. At one point, my entire family on my mom's side was living there. Most of them. Okay. Like multi-generations? Yeah. And again, I was digging for information, things that my mother might have remembered or that she might have remembered me saying when I was little. She confirmed everything that I thought I remembered. And then she confirmed other stuff, which creeped me out. The house was actually in our family. It's my great-grandparents'. I don't know if they built the house, but they definitely finished it. And they live there. And then my great-grandmother died there. We all lived there at one point. I had an incident where I went behind the garage in the driveway, and there were two British kids. I distinctly remember two British kids. And that's the only time I ever saw them. And, and we were talking about like hanging out and playing more. And every time I, I bring that up to my mom, she says that she doesn't think that the people that live back there had any kids. Oh, my uh, gosh. Wow. So um, did you ever do any digging to try and figure out who these these British children were? Nope. No, because that was that was such a long time ago. And I always just thought they were real up until I asked my mom about it. Oh. And then another thing that kind of. I kind of think might be related to that is that she and other people that lived in the house always said that they heard children playing in the driveway at around 3 a.m. And so I wondered mm. if that wasn't related. I just got chills. Yes. And then the last thing that I can confirm that my mom told me is that when I must have been asleep, it was just her in the house and it was late at night and she would hear something in the kitchen dragging, like scraping a chair across the floor mm. is what it sounded like. Oh. So that always creeped me out too. I had a room on the second floor, like through another huge room. And I distinctly remember not liking that. It was a very scary part of the house. I was creeped out by that room, but I, I never really asked my mom if she thought the house was haunted or anything until like, five or six years ago and she said oh yeah that was that was haunted everybody thought it was haunted uh my uncle brought in a friend at one point who who was very sensitive to this stuff and he came into the house for the first time and immediately said there was some weird energy going on in here so i'm, I'm glad that my mom didn't tell me that stuff when i was younger though yeah weird yeah. so so the the part of the house that you were afraid to go into or that creeped you out. That that wasn't where your bedroom was, was it? Yes. It was. Okay. So you had to sleep in this area that just creeped you out. Yes. And uh, to get there at night, I'd have to walk 
through another room like it was in the back corner of the house on the second floor far mm-hmm. away from my mom's room it's weird but i i try really hard to think back because i remember having bunk beds and i would be on the top bunk but i can't think of anything like specific in that room it's almost like my memory is blocked from that particular area i just know that general vicinity freaked me out mm-hmm. Were you on the top bunk or the bottom bunk? Top bunk. Do you remember that? Although, I don't top know bunk. why, because oh. I used to roll off the bunks in my sleep. So, they used to have to put cushions down on the floors. Oh, no! I'm, I'm a very active sleeper. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like you justifiably could have had the bottom bunk, but... Unless something else had occupied it. That's why I asked. Yeah, and... Uh, Thinking back, that probably creeped me out too. Like not wanting to look below me at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Just in general, I've always had a fear, like to this day, of like looking up at night and seeing something hovering over me or something like that. Like, uh, you know, the, the show Haunting at Hill House mm-hmm. when the kid wakes <laughs> up and the girl's like laying on top of him. That is like exactly a thing that I've been scared of my whole life. <laughs> I, oh man, I just got serious chills. <laughs> like I said, I'm an active sleeper and I, I wake up often anywhere between two and three o'clock. And I often have like hallucinations about, um, you know, like bugs and stuff like that. It's never been like a creepy lady, thank God. Although one time I woke up and I could have sworn that my roommate came into my room. I, I didn't see his face, but it was like a... a shadowy creature in his shape and he like fed me a spoonful of something when i woke up i went out and the door was locked so he wouldn't have been able to come in the room and but something like like that would have been something he would have done because he he liked to cook a lot and he would always say (laughs) you know hey try this try this (laughs) wake you up in the middle of the night to feed you a spoonful in bed that's a good roommate the door was locked and i went out and he had no idea what the heck i was talking about so and you're sure you were awake when this happened I thought I was. And for 3 a.m. stories, I was living in another part of Portland. I came back to Maine to live with my dad. And I was sleeping at the front part of the house. And he lived on a main street. And right outside my bedroom was the front door. And this was a re-renovated commercial lot, like a bookstore. Mm, Okay. The front entrance was a thick door with a deadbolt. Somewhere between two or three. I woke up to pounding on the door. That got louder and louder. And then the dog started barking. My dad had a German shepherd at the time. And then he heard it and he he got up and he came to the door and I could hear him shouting, hey, who's that? Cut it out. And then we turned on the lights. We all got up and the deadbolt had been almost kicked entirely through. Oh, It's maybe seven or eight feet of uh, front lot. And then there's a gate and then there's the main road. The gate was closed. There was nobody around on the main road and all the the lights were on in the living room. My dad was still awake. So it's it could have been someone trying to break in, but it was very obvious and weird and yeah. The power it takes to kick in a door that hard with a closed gate like there wasn't even really that much space to kick in. So that and something recently actually happened at three in the morning during quarantine. 
my girlfriend and I had the mattress out in the living room because there was something going on in the bedroom. So she was having breathing issues, but we were out in the bedroom and it was like three in the morning and I was still awake. And then all of a sudden the doorbell rang and she woke up. So she heard it too. And she said, Sean, what, who is that? And then she fell asleep and (laughs) I was frozen because again, I didn't really know what to do. And that's like, what do you do when someone or something rings the doorbell at three? Do you show them that you're home or do you pretend that you're not? And then finally, when I did get up, there was no one out there. There was nobody there and nobody came into the hallway. So it wasn't like another tenant trying to get in, like they'd lost their key or something. Just one ring. There was no one out back. Haven't had any problems since. Crossed my fingers. But yeah, that was just another 3 a.m. incident. That was creepy to me. Well, I think it's interesting that there have been two times where you've been in two Oh, there's been locations. more. But those are... <laughs> sorry. Wait. Those are two moments where other people were involved. So it wasn't just me having night hallucinations, which is... People have. It's a thing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so there have been multiple times in your life where at three in the morning somebody tries to get into your home? Oh, no, not get into my home. It's it's always been I wake up around anywhere from mm-hmm. two to three mm-hmm. and I'll either be having some weird nightmare or I'll, I will feel intensely like there is something like just outside the bedroom or something creepy like that. Uh, one time I woke up. My girlfriend actually tells the story better. We were at my aunt's because she was watching my aunt's dogs and we were in the basement in my cousin's room. I woke up at one point and I I woke my girlfriend up, freaked out. I said, hey, there's someone out in the hallway. And then I I passed out and she just she just laid there awake, like freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of like what happened to you when the doorbell rang and you were on the mattress and living. Yeah, basically. That was payback for me because that that happened after. So (laughs) Mm. Whoa, do you have any theories? I mean, do you think something's following you, bothering you Um, at this time of night? I was thinking about that, but then like if I think about it too much, I don't know. The more I thought about this, the more I was like, oh, I should write a book about this mm-hmm. because that's not even the beginning of it. In the book, I would fictionalize it. And yeah, there would be like a malevolent creature following me. But I don't <laughs> want to go that far because I think that sounds that might sound kind of crazy. <laughs> and also, I wondered how much I should say because I just came out with a kid's book and I don't want to. I'm not like R.L. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Anyway, maybe that's the direction I'm going. Koala wakes up at three in the morning. <laughs> His roommate feeds him a spoonful of bugs in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Man. Well, we'll definitely have to make our way up to New Hampshire and then on to Maine. Because I understand that there's other haunted places within Portland as well. Yeah, Clarence would know more about that. I actually don't really know much about other than, you know, the stuff that follows me around. <laughs> I don't really know about locations here, but... Yeah, there's there's some older buildings here. Mm-hmm. I think downtown Portland. Right. And it sounds like based on what you, your mom said to you that she might be into that stuff. Yes. Yes. She gets me all psyched up about these <laughs> things. <laughs> well, we like that. So if she wants to come on the show, she's more than welcome. <laughs> yes. We've had other people's moms come on before, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is your mom's theory about the doorbell, the door getting kicked in, the strange man trying to spoon feed you in the middle of the night. <laughs> Do, have you told her about these things? I don't know if she knows about those things. Okay. I think I called my stepfather at that 
that night when that happened. And of course they were sleeping because it was the middle of the night. <laughs> and um, the next morning I told him and they were just laughing. It was like, well, I appreciate you call it, thinking of me because they live in Massachusetts. So it's like, <laughs> well, you know, what am I going to do from over here? He thought it was weird. But I think we all just assumed someone was trying to break in. Yeah. But so weird, though. I don't even remember being scared by that. I was like half awake. (laughs) I just and just confused. And my brother was in the room, too, but he was like passed out. He didn't wake up the entire time, which I thinking back, I think that was funny. But but it's so odd that the gate was still shut. Yep. That was a weird detail. Hmm. And you would think that I would have heard somebody like running away or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it's a very polite and tidy B&E when you close the gate after you. Right? I'm just trying to think. The The biggest thing is the distance between the gate and the door um, and gaining the momentum to kick in a door that much. Like mm-hmm. the deadbolt yeah. was almost all the way through. That door was like one more kick and it probably would have opened. Whoa. I think you should write that story about the malevolent entity, but... You know, just be careful you don't freak yourself out too much when you do. Well, Sean, those were all very creepy and unusual stories. I like how there's some mystery when we can't figure out what's going on. I can't wait to talk to your mom. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll (laughs) tell her. There was like one more thing, because we lived in another building that was definitely haunted too, but it was in my stepfather's family, and they renovated that building. We renovated it while we were living there because they were trying to flip it. And she told me today, I've heard this before too, but I don't remember. I sent a picture of the dog doing something silly in one of the rooms that was creepy. And like I texted it on an old flip phone. And she says in the background in the closet, there was the outline of what looked like a Civil War soldier. She stands by it and we can't find the picture, unfortunately. (gasps) Oh man, creepy. Standing in the closet. Yeah, just, just chilling. Why has it always got to be the closet? <laughs> well, we have an article about that on our blog. Uh, you know, they go slight corners. Oh, I haven't, I haven't read the blog yet. How's that going? It's getting started. It's good. Yeah, we have a uh, we have two writers that contribute, and one wrote uh, an article about why ghosts hang out in corners and about how they get stuck and closets have extra corners. You know, it's pretty narrow. Oh yeah, so, some the. Because you've mentioned the corners being mm-hmm. an area for trapping negative energy. Well, there's the, the George Stickney house, which is in Illinois, which is round for that very purpose. What's the last name? Stickney. S-T-I-C-K-N-E-Y. That's, that's the last name of the guy who built the Mount Washington Hotel. What? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Oh. I wonder if it was the same guy. All we'll right. We're going to have to look this up because they were huge spiritualists and held seances and stuff in the home and all that. Like they, they built the home to basically channel energy and they made it round so nothing would get stuck. Huh. Yeah. So if that's connected to the hotel, then that would be one of those things that hotel management conveniently swiped the internet of. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. Oh, but it goodness. was definitely Stickney. Yeah. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Everybody, that's Sean Nigro. He is the co-host of the Writer's Block podcast and also one of the co-creators of 8 Sparks Media, which is, as we learned earlier, sort of a plethora of projects (laughs) (laughs) 
all very cool. So be sure you check that out at eightsparksmedia.com and people can find the podcast from that link as well. And then also make sure you go to Amazon and pick up a copy of Koala Celebrates Songkran. It's doing very well on the charts. It's obviously a very good book. So go check that out, especially if you have children. Don't You can't let your children listen to this episode, but you can buy that book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot wait to share it with my children. I know they're going to love it. Well, that's our show. And until next time, everybody have a spooky day. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th. 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open the sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's aliens. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement.